0: Welcome back to the of Draft Series. I'm your host, Neil Dutton. You can find me on Twitter at NDutton13. I'm joined once again by Kyle Dvorak. He's a writer at Rosa Number Numberfire, and Player Profiler. You can follow him on Twitter at Kyle here. Kyle, welcome back again.
1: Yeah, we had, uh, let me recap. We had, can I remember them all? We had Cole Komet, Albert O., Ad- Adam Troutman, and uh, the Bryants? Is that, we had? Uh, the Bryant Brothers. Brothers.
0: Yeah, yeah the Bryant Brothers and uh, Albert O., yeah.
1: And so I think out of them, I don't know, it was a lot of fine, checked some boxes, not checked all. And then I think for me, my favorite, at least relative to sort of uh, general sentiment, is Albert O's athleticism, or at least what we know about his athleticism, and his production. I think he's, he's massively underrated. Who do you like the most out of those guys, obviously, relative to the cost? I think Cole Komet is probably going to be the first tight end taken both in, NF- in the NFL draft and in... Uh, in, like, dynasty leagues, but he would not be my favourite. His, his profile isn't even close to my favourite.
0: I, I quite like Hunter Bryant, just because I think he's got the... He has a skill set that if if it, he's fortunate in where he lands, he could be utilised as a rookie uh, to an extent that he could be productive as a first-year player, probably because, you know, spoiler alert, he's not built like a real tight end. <laughs> so he's basically, you know, he's going to be a fl- slightly faster, big slot receiver uh, that doesn't mean you know that he's you know doesn't mean he's guaranteed to be successful, but it doesn't mean he's going to be a flop. It doesn't mean any of these people are going to be a flop. I say it's not a great group. No disrespect to them; they're all much better athletes than me. I mean, I'm struggling here now to reach for a biscuit that's about five centimeters in front of me, and you know I'm probably going to give myself a hernia picking myself up from a chair later. We're just saying that in comparison with other tight end classes over the years, this one is a little bit short of star power. But, I, you know, it's of those, I quite like Adam Troutman. He's just a bit old. I like Harrison Bryant, but again, he's a bit old. Hunter Bryant is young and has shown that he can perform when his number is called. So I like him because Alberto, we just, it's, you know, at the moment we're guessing because we only have one real athletic measurable to to hang a hat on. It's a very impressive one, but I don't like just saying, yep, yeah, that's all we need because it's not. Yeah,
1: he's definitely sort of this... Uh black box where I see the I see the speed, I see that breakout agent, the dominator, and I just fill in the rest. I see that I'm like, yeah, oh, he he's certainly he, he checks all the other boxes. Don't even worry about it. But he like we don't know if he checks those other boxes. Uh, one thing I want to move to before we get into the back half of uh, of all of the tight ends is where, like, what are some places you want for teams or that you want for tight ends to land? For me, like, a team like the Bengals, I think it's interesting to have a very obvious hole there. And they, they're going to have a revamped offense, both in that they got a new head coach last season and they will get a new quarterback this season. Uh, other teams, I think, I kind of the way we had Evan Ingram go to the uh, Giants, I think we could have a few teams that just need, they need bodies at receiver, at tight end, anybody who can catch passes. Um, I think the Jets potentially could fill that role. Um, I don't know, there are a few other teams that sort of just need guys to make plays out there. Uh, What what do you think? I think maybe the, the Jags really have one receiver that I'm confident in, in DJ Chark, and outside of that, they could totally just use guys, whether or not they're the typical tight end or not. Everybody loves calling the Packers a place for literally any skill position with a pulse to go, and they hardly ever seem to work out. So, where are some places you want, uh, you want your favorite tight
0: end to go? Well, I don't want anyone to go to this team for various reasons, but the uh, Washington are crying out for tight ends. They're crying out for receivers. They have an absolutely decimated you know, receiving core. Uh, they had Jordan Reed; he didn't play at all last year. It was obviously. Um, suffered a number of concussions uh, in the NFL and college. Vernon Davis retired. So at the moment, their tight end is Jeremy Sprinkle, uh, which he had a few decent weeks last year. Nothing spectacular, not an approaching tight end one. But if they are committed to Dwayne Haskins which you know there are still question marks that I regard Matt if they are committed to him they need to start surrounding him with more weapons so someone you know as they uh, have selected in free agency and re-signed so many running backs you assume they're going to want to run the ball so you'd wonder whether the boy Bryant is he going to be a fit there because he's not the biggest tight end he could certainly do a job for them as a pass catcher but he's not going to produce much for them in the run game as a blocker um, so you know th- there may be a few people a bit further you know we may talk about now who may be somewhere you know that Washington want to go. Uh, Jag- uh, the Jaguars, as you say, I mean we've seen in the past that again the link actually back to Washington. Jay Gruden has in the past had productive tight ends in his offenses, both with the Bengals and at Washington, um, and they signed Tyler Eifert, uh, I believe, and you know. Bless him, Tyler played all 16 games last season, but I don't think he was quite at his best. It's as you say, they, they're they crying out for playmakers. There's teams with tight ends who, you know, maybe maybe we like their young tight ends more than they do. Um, the Tennessee Titans, you know, they have Jonu Smith, but Delaney Walker retired. And just behind Jonu Smith, they have someone like, you know, Anthony Ferkser. So we don't know that just because we all like Jonu Smith, you know, in the fantasy and the dynasty industry, certainly doesn't mean the Titans are determined to feature him because they did keep re-signing Delaney Walker for two years before they turned the keys over to Who almost out of desperation because Walker was injured. So that's one to um, to to keep an eye on. But I think of a team who I would be stunned if they didn't come away from this draft with at least one tight end, it would be Washington.
1: Yeah, there is one other sneaky team I I would be interested to see if they consider a tight end at any point. And that's the Chiefs. Like, obviously, Travis Kelsey, uh, either the best or second-best tight end. That feels pretty undisputed to put him in the top two by themselves. Uh, but behind, one behind him, they have not. They have Blake Bell, a converted quarterback, and Dion Yelder. Those two combined for, I think, 11 receptions in the regular season last year. And I really think that they are a team that when you put athletes on that team, like, that is what they want. We've seen it with guys like obviously Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey but even beyond that more recently the selections of like Darwin Thompson and and uh McCole Hardman they just want to put athletes on the field because that kind of makes sense when you have a guy like Patrick Mahomes uh like he can get the ball to anybody they just need to be able to make plays so I think like uh some of the more impressive athletes in this class like for me that's an Albert O but I'm sure there are other guys who can just make plays with the ball in their hands would be interesting to see how much they utilize like uh like and one they're like their receivers aren't Great. Like, Tyreek Hill, very good outside of that. Uh, Sammy Watkins was forced to restructure his contract because of how much money he was making. McCole Hardman, uh, only entering a second year, was considered a very raw prospect. Like, I think they're a team that is just open to getting good players to football, even if that means playing two tight ends or playing uh, like unique formations in general. So that's a team that I think is a sneaky chance, one, just to backfill behind Travis Kelsey, but two, to get a guy who could actually make an impact in his first few years. So I want to see if they make any moves that are even late, could at least have a chance to jump like Dion Yelder and Blake Bell. So that's the team I'm watching out for. Before we get into the back half of our prospects, I just want to remind everybody if you want to get your RotoViz subscription, do so at rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. It is 10% off through that link. It supports us if you do so. It also gives you unlimited access to all of our NFL content and tools. It's the perfect time coming up on the draft and coming up on rookie drafts. So again, be sure to get your 10% discount for an NFL pass at rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. So we, on the last show, we talked about what we look for in tight ends. We talked about where we want our tight ends to go. Give me your, now, it would be the sixth tight end we have.
0: Well, an interesting one, because I've seen his name linked and a s- speculation that he may be the first tight end taken, and that's Bryson Hopkins um, from B- Purdue. Um, he's a four-year player. Um, he played six, 11, 12, and 12 games. Waited until his last year to really break out. Uh, so last season, he had 61 receptions, 830 yards, and seven touchdowns. That's quite impressive. Obviously, his age is a factor because he's 22. He'll be 23 when the season starts. Not a terrible combine. Um, again, there's we've seen a few people where they were okay in some areas, but then other areas they really let themselves down. He was fairly solid across the board. Uh, the only one he was really disappointing in uh, was a 40th percentile three cone time, um seven two five. But And we talked about this, the most important thing for tight ends um, especially as rookies, his speed. And he had 82nd percentile uh, 40 yard dash time. He's 4.66, which for a tight end is excellent. Uh, he's 6.4, 245 pounds. I say his production, his similarities, um, they're not the close comps in terms of his uh, similarities, according to the Box Score Scout, uh, one of the apps we have wrote of his. He's similar to the, you know, and, you know, Canton awaits all these names. You know, Jake Butt, Clive Walford, Tony Moiaki, Chase Kaufman, um, Aaron Hernandez is there. He has you know similar college production to Hernandez. You know hopefully without any of the off field drama. But again, he's he's one of those people that again I've seen I've seen people talk about him as a potential first rounder, which I don't think is going to happen. But I've also seen some people you know him falling all the way down to the late to middle rounds. He's not a terrific prospect. He is slightly older. But I say from an athletic point of view, he's shown he can be productive and he doesn't look like he's a real slouch as an athlete.
1: Yeah, it's funny. He's a guy who, like, the only, like, really the only big red flag for me is that breakout age. But we've seen guys with low breakout ages at the tight end position uh, succeed, like, before him. And it's not that uncommon, in fact. Like, Travis Kelsey, I believe, has a fourth percentile breakout age. Mega late breakout. And it's not awfully surprising given that, like, we talk about this being the most athletically dependent of our skill position, like, of our fantasy-relevant players. Yeah, I'm not surprised that a 19-year-old at Purdue is not going to stand up to, like, getting on the field at all to block guys like Chase Young or the Bosa brothers when they play Ohio State. I'm not surprised. In fact, I wouldn't expect that at all. Whereas, like, if you're a wide receiver, you're not going to need that sort of that sort of physical uh, demand. You don't need to stand up to that physical demand. So all I'm looking for necessarily just to like, you know, I'm looking for things to throw you out. If you run, like you said uh, in the last show, if you run a, you're 6'2 and you run a 4, 8, whatever, I I can just cross you off my list. I can write you off and not have to think about you because the odds of you breaking out are so slow or so low, excuse me. So he doesn't have any of those. And the one that you could point to would be breakout age. That's like the least one I am concerned with. He did break out in a pretty significant way with 830 receiving yards. 61 receptions, seven touchdowns. That's a very impressive season for a tight end. He's a guy who I think, uh, the, the one thing is just generally the age he comes into the NFL at. Right now he is 23 before the draft even happens. So that's a bit concerning. But I do think if the draft capital kind of affirms that he is this all around prospect, yeah, he's a guy who I could see cracking top two, top three, especially if you said he's has like outside odds at going first at tight end. He's a guy who I could, be, be really interesting given that he has this well-rounded profile outside of that breakout age
0: Um, another one uh, player that you know i don't like you know putting labels on people just because they went to a certain school i mean you know if you're a running back and you went to georgia you must be great if you're an offensive lineman you went to wisconsin you must be a beast but there has been a fair number of tight ends in recent years that have come out of stanford uh, like you know zach ertz uh, kobe Fleener. Austin Hooper, um, this year, the next one, uh, next cab off the block, as it were, would seem to be Colby Parkinson. He's, again, I've seen some people in the rookie, and they wrote with his scouting index, which aggregates all the, you know, the players on the major draft sites to see if they, we can come up with any type of consensus regarding player rankings. Some people have had Colby Parkinson as the second tight end off the board, but he's not a tremendous um he was he was not a dominant college producer he did have uh, 48 receptions for 589 yards last year only scored one touchdown but he did have seven the year before that um he's also 6 foot 7 uh, which is very big for a tight end we don't see many receivers uh, that big obviously that you know if you're that big generally you're an offensive lineman uh, or a or a, a defensive end so th- there's not many people of his size didn't do great in the uh, combine, to be honest. He had 4.77 in the 4th, which isn't terrible. Uh, he had a good 3-cone. It was 7.15. He was like pretty much on the 50th percentile with his 3-cone time. Other than that, it's not great. And his sims, uh, again, it's not a list of um, not of great people. His closest sim is Joshua Perkins, Who's bounced around like, the NFL a bit? Did you know play a few games for the Eagles last year? But as I say he's one of these people that I just wonder that people are going to see the word Stanford by his name and expect him to be like Zach Ertz or Austin Hooper or blah like blah that, and he really is not.
1: Yeah, his sims are truly the worst. Like I can't name an awful lot of these guys, even like uh, like yeah Joshua Perkins. We only know of because there was like an apocalyptic event in Philadelphia that robbed them of all their skill position players. Uh, Ryan Reffitt, uh, Marcus Smith, that's actually just a made-up name. That's just, like, the the Madden create-your-own-player default. Derek Dubois, Joe, like, yeah, none of these guys. Uh, like, he just doesn't look like productive tight ends look like. And I do think that uh, people do tend to relate that uh, player position X came from school Y. That must mean like they have some special sauce into that position, and uh, I, like, I don't buy into that. So yeah, he's probably a guy who I will let somebody else take.
0: An in- intriguing player that you know a lot of people may not be aware of. He only really has you know two years of of serious playing time, and only one year in which he was more or less a full time starter, uh, and that's Devon. I hope I say his name right, Asiazi. Um, from UCLA, he was an, originally at Michigan, and then he transferred and spent the last two years at UCLA. Last year, his breakout season, he was 22 years old, so slight red flag there in the age. He's going to be 23 when the season starts. Uh, 44 receptions, 641 yards, uh, four touchdowns. Did um, go 4.73 in the 40-yard dash, and he had a uh, uh, 50th percentile in the broad jump. But he's one of those people that. It's a very, very small sample size because he didn't play a full college career, as it were. But if you look at his sims, some of these names are very, very. I mean, anytime you can be simmed to Mark Andrews, Martellus Bennett, Travis Kelsey, Kyle Rudolph, Austin Hooper, Ian Thomas, these are all incredible sims. I mean, I'm not saying it's d- destined to happen. I don't like the fact to say that you know how old he is. It's a problem, but he's shown he, showed he can be, You know, he's got a bit of speed. Uh, And he's just one of those names that people probably aren't going to be aware of. So he's someone that, you know, is probably going to go late, late in the draft. He could, if he lands in the right situation, he could find himself playing reasonable, you know, reasonable time in 2020. We saw last year with the likes of Caden Smith, who managed to get a lot of playing time for the Giants after originally being drafted by the 49ers. If he could break right, he's shown that he can be productive, and the similarities are there. You can, you know, you can tell yourself a story that he could be similar to these players. He's not as big; he's only six foot three. But I don't think, you know, that he should be written off. The only the major downside is his age. He's going to be twenty three when the season starts.
1: Yeah, that is the one big drawback. But like I, I, I don't know if I said this in the last episode of this one. I'm not awfully concerned with that late breakout, given that he does have some semblance of production. He looks to be at least by like speed and then size-adjusted speed an above-average player. And the sims really like him without even uh, like having to add in adequate draft capital. They liken him to like you said, like Mark Andrews, Martellus Bennett, even Travis Kelsey. Uh, I think he has like a serious shot, like you said, of finding a role it's it, like very few tight ends actually find a fantasy relevant role in their first year but a guy like Caden Smith now in your in your tight end premium leagues can have value because we know he can produce fantasy points if he is given the opportunity and I think that's a, a pretty good example I find it interesting he's like he is a big dude in terms of his width he is is he 279 at his size
0: uh yeah sort of like that I think that's right
1: that's like so many of me yeah, he just uh yeah, I think that's uh just interesting. I don't know how much that actually predicts going forward, but it does mean that he is uh in terms of his speed 473, he is moving a lot of mass at 473 and that probably has to give him some sort of edge in like blocking and beating out like linebackers and and uh, like safeties in the box.
0: Absolutely. and As I say, the most important thing for the rookies is if they can block, they're going to be on the field. And if they're on the field, they may get a chance to, you know, to play a part in the passing game. And, you know, this is where we come to someone, you know, someone else who, again, some people um, have had him as, you know, the second tight end to be taken. And that's um, Jared Pinkney of Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm did break out uh, in his age 19 season, 22 receptions, 274 yards, and two touchdowns. Since then, he's had 22, 50, and 20 receptions, 279, 774, and 233 yards. And he's had 3, 7, and two touchdowns. But he then proceeded to go to the NFL Combine and absolutely stink the joint out. He ran a 496. Now, it's 6'4", 257. That's not great. It was a 12th percentile. Um, he did, you know, he did do 23 press um, reps on the bench, um, 32.9 arm length, and 10.5 hand size. But his sims, y- you thought the <laughs> you thought the sims before were bad. These, I mean, some of these names: I mean, Ferro Brown, Keith Rucker, Lucas Reed, Brandon Ford, Alan Cross, P Hans Nick O'Leary. Um, you know, Blaze Mack is that, and, and, and some of these. Then these that's are. A, that's a generated... character
1: from the the game NFL Blitz. I'm sure of that.
0: Yeah, these are generated players. They, 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 I'm sure they didn't do anything in the NFL because I'm certain they didn't actually exist. Um, he's just someone that I think, if if your team needs a tight end, I've taken Jared Pinkney. Best of luck. You still need a tight end.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I can't imagine how he gets uh like gets drafted so highly. Like, I, I just can't imagine. Maybe he's, um, whoever the, the tight end the Bengals took uh, last year, who everyone was just immediately like, yeah, they just took him to play an extra blocking because he has no production uh, as an actual receiver. Maybe that's his role. But as, like, if we're prognosticating fantasy results, that just, it, he, he's a nothing. And his speed doubles down on that. Even, I accidentally clicked on adding uh, draft capital and I actually made him the number one overall pick. The end, like, the road of his, uh, the prospect box score scout, Knows that I'm accidentally trying to trick it and still gives me bad results like Eric Ebron, uh, like one good year, Brandon Pettigrew, Jermaine Gresham, Tyler Eifert, OJ Howard, Austin Ferry and Jenkins. Even assuming he is a number one overall pick, the box score scout still knows I cannot trick it into making it think he is a good prospect. There is just no, no way to construe him as that. Before we get to our next prospect, uh, we do have a word from our sponsors, and then we will be joined, uh, or then we will have our final, uh, final few tight end prospects. We are currently without the NBA, the NHL, or the MLB, and obviously it's not NFL season, so you might think that there is nothing to bet on. But in that case, you'd be dead wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of sports events and games to wager on, or just let them bring Vegas to you with their online casino and blackjack. It's open 24 hours a day and it's all online, including their $750,000 poker series. If you're into props and entertainment betting, you can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the weather. Just visit their website and join today to receive a 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Be sure to use the promo code BLUEWIRE. online, your online wagering experts. And we are back. Who is our next tight end prospect?
0: Well, the next one, and this rounds out the top 10 in the uh, Rover Scouting Index. And it's a player from your, your national champion LSU Tigers, Thaddeus Moss. Um, obviously, his surname conjured up images of, you know, a dominant wide receiver, one of the most dominant wide receivers in NFL history. I believe it's his dad. Was Randy Moss his dad? Yeah. Um, so, obviously, you know, <laughs> best of luck living up to that. But he's someone he played his first year at college in 2016 uh, with NC State. Uh, he only played five games. And he had six receptions of 49 yards. Then his stats don't appear again until last year. Uh, so he was 21 last year. He caught 92.2% of his targets. So it's 47 out of 51, uh, of 51 targets. He caught 47 of them. 570 yards and four touchdowns. That's an obscene uh, catch rate. Um, I'm, you know, I'm pretty certain Randy didn't manage that at any stage, even while Tom Brady was throwing it to him. Didn't do a lot of the combine, so we don't have an awful. It's an incomplete athletic pitcher. Um, his arm length isn't great, 31.9. Hand size is 9.9, that's fine. He is another one of those that I suspect he's probably just going to be a big big slot receiver because he's only 6'2", but he is 250 pounds. He will be 22 when the season starts. But again, because of such limited college pro- um, profile uh, pr- production, his sims are not tremendous, and I'm confident... I've never ever heard of them. I mean, if your closest comp is Bug Austin Blake Rivera, you're plumbing some mighty some mighty deep depths.
1: This is so funny too because when you look at the the box score scout, it, t- it there's the sim score next to it. It's just a measure of how close that sim is. And a guy like Albert O, who I am in love with, with his incomplete profile, didn't particularly sim close to anybody because there's not many people as fast as him, and he has an incomplete uh, incomplete profile. I didn't test anything else. So it says like, yeah, he kind of looks like a like a Travis Kelsey or George Kittle, but we also don't know. Uh, the box score scout is just utterly confident that this guy looks exactly like a guy named. Bug Austin Blake Rivera. Like, that is mind-blowing. And another guy, Thomas Wilson, I've also never heard of it. He looks similar to a lot of wide receiver tight end hybrids. That is what uh that is what the box score scout thinks. And it I mean it's right, that is that is probably what uh his role is. His size just is not probably going to be conducive to playing a Travis Kelsey style role. And even his production last year, I think like well, we can tell by the by the market share numbers. It was a ten percent college dominator, twenty first percentile. He was on the best offense, possibly in the history of college football, and because of that, it it sort of discounts what he actually was able to do. And you can very much see how he would be a product of the offense he was in. Uh, he's just a guy that whatever name cachet he has is probably worth more than you're going to have to pay um, him and Duron Carter. <laughs>
0: Uh, I do think, you know, we are slightly besmirching the name of Thomas Wilson, who is probably the finest night shift manager Costco has ever known.
1: Man, that's tough, too, because Costco is is crazy right now. So Mm. even that is a disappointment, apparently. Who's next?
0: Um, Well, the last one I've got, and this guy has got very, very limited college production, but we've seen with tight ends, and we've mentioned this several times, that if you can bank on the athleticism, then you, know, you can almost take a chance with this player. And that's Stephen Sullivan, who obviously is a teammate of Thaddeus Moss from LSU. Now, he's a converted wide receiver. So he's only really spent one year as a tight end, if I just pull up his numbers now. But it's, so his production is not great. You know, you know spoiler alert, th- we're not going to be blown away by what I'm about to tell you. Um, so he's, as a tight, as a wide receiver... In two seasons, he had 11 and 23 receptions, 219 yards, 363 yards. Last year, as a tight end, he only played six games. He had 14 targets. He caught 12 of them. There's a pattern here. 130 yards, no touchdowns. Now, so he had three touchdowns in a three-year career. Not great. Not tremendous. Low target share. However, if we look at his workout metrics... 4.664 yard dash. Um, he had, excuse me, 10.10 catch radius. He's got 35 and 3 long arms. He's an absolute freak. He's an athletic freak. So if we're going to bank on athleticism, I mean, we've seen in the past that players can be valuable with, say, limited to no college production. I'm thinking, you know, someone like Antonio Gates, there's also players like Demetrius Harris. You know these players who come in from a basketball background have come in. They've learned enough of the position to go on and produce. Stephen Sullivan. It looks like it's a long shot uh, because just you know there's no production to speak of there. No production. But if someone takes him late and again he lands in the right spot. Uh, I mean his closest, his best comparable player uh, according to player profile. Apologies for, for straying from the reservation. Is Jared Cook. Now, I'd be pretty happy getting a Jared Cook late in the draft. The only problem, again, is he's going to be 24 uh, during the season. It's a late late breakout age. It's a late year for a rookie. He's just someone that, you know, we're shooting for the moon, basically. If everything falls right, then he could make some noise. But he looks like someone you're going to keep on the end of your dynasty bench for years and years before you eventually realize it's never going to happen
1: yeah that is that is perfect he so this was um like i was struggling to recognize any of these names on the box score scout but one that comes up uh pretty far down the list but i think it's like a really probably accurate comp even in like uh the narrative you spin is Ricky seals Jones who was also a position switch in college and he did have fantasy relevant weeks like even obviously as recently as last season, but he has stretches of fantasy relevancy, and that's kind of all you can hope. I think what you're spending on Steven Sullivan, you would be almost happy to get a Ricky Seals-Jones, especially with the turnaround, Ricky Seals-Jones, like he was fantasy relevant uh, in his first year. So I think if, like you said, if everything falls into place, he's a guy who could be fantasy relevant, and I also do think he's a guy that... In two to three to four years on his second team, after he makes his way through a practice squad or something, we could be talking about again. He's a guy who, in a few years, we could look back and say, I can see how this guy broke out, even if it doesn't happen in a timetable that we're concerned with for Dynasty. Like, he's not a guy that I think I'm going to get production out of in the next two to three years. I probably don't want him on my Dynasty team. But I think on his second team, maybe, or when he finally gets a chance, we could look back and say, I can see how this works out. Even though, yeah, it's probably a guy, like you said uh we'll just always have fond memories of uh we'll always have those those nights before the draft all right so who do we have next we are probably closing in on the end here (laughs)
0: I, that's pretty much all the ones I have. That's you know, it's not so it's, it's not a great list. This is not a list of Hall of Famers. I'll be surprised if you know. I'll be very very surprised if that's it, one of those in ten years people will say you know because obviously people still be talking about me in ten years. Oh, Dutton didn't say, think much of this class. That's pretty much all I've got on the leading prospects for this year's draft class.
1: Okay, so then who give me? I guess give me your personal top five and somebody you would be lower on. Uh,
0: my personal top five. Say I will have Hunter Bryant, Albert O, Adam Troutman, um, Harrison Bryant, and I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to say Devon Asiarzi. Um, the person I'm lowest on is, and you know this. I don't want to sound hot takey. The lowest one for me is Cole Komet, because. I, I just don't see it you know I, I appreciate that he's an athlete that people will think oh he could come in and do a job but for someone to be as rated as highly as he is I think pe- I think people are going to be disappointed. What about
1: yourself? Yeah, he is... I'm not going to... I don't want to spoil it, but yeah, he is my guy who I'm lower on just because I find it really shocking that he is... He's the only guy I've seen mocked in the first round. I wouldn't... Like, you don't have him... You didn't listen to your top five and I didn't... I'm not going to either. Mine, Albert O, number one. uh, Troutman, number two. That production is tantalizing even though the small school, like, you know, you have to sort of mentally bend backwards to make that make sense. Uh, You convinced me on Hunter Bryant. He's not a guy who I would normally... Like, I'm not a... Super interested in those small, those small frame or the small height guys. I we don't see them work out as often, but I think there's a role for him in the NFL, and I think that's one that could pay off early. And that's as you know in Dynasty, if you get a tight end to pay off early, mm, you get a, a twenty like George Kittle breaking out at the NFL level at what like twenty three or four, you are locking in so many years of production uh, that like yeah that is that is something a ceiling worth chasing in Dynasty. Uh, beyond him, yeah, I think uh, after that, that's probably my my tier one. After that, I guess I would have, um, man, this is not not awesome. Actually, Devin Asiasi, is that how you say it? He, he was actually a guy who kind of sticks out to me as another player who could have a role in the NFL. And then after that, uh, man, this is uh, this is not great. I would go with, um, I don't know, maybe just go with Harrison Bryant. I think he's a guy who has, you know, checks on boxes, not all of them, which is what, uh, you know, I guess I'll put Cole Komet at number five. I'll put him in my top five, especially because he is going to have draft capital. That seems like an almost certainty that he has better draft capital than most, uh, most, if not all of the tight ends we've talked about today and on the previous show. And at the end of the day, that is important. It's not the end all be all, but the draft capital will net him some production early in his career.
0: Absolutely. Well, I think I think we've said all that needs to be said. So um, that's going to do it for this edition of the his Draft Series. I've been Neil Dutton. I will still be Neil Dutton. You can find me on Twitter at mdutton13. Special thanks to Kyle Dvorak for joining me. Please follow him on Twitter at Kyle Tweeter. Kyle, thanks very much, and thank you all for tuning in. listening to the Rotoviz Draft Series. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast and your favourite podcast app. Contact us via email rotavizradio at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at RotaViz Radio. Remember you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 10% discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage rotaviz.com forward slash podcast.